Hi everyone, welcome to Three Girls One Newscast, the bi-weekly-ish podcast where we talk about other news. My name is Lubna, and as always, I'm here with my most favorite people on earth, Emily and Emmy. How are you guys doing? Have we discovered or rediscovered anything cool to watch this week? I started Marriage or Mortgage. I'm obsessed with it. I am seven for seven. I have guessed right every single time whether they choose Marriage or Mortgage. And I just want to say that, you know what? Now I'm getting spanned with a lot of wedding things. And I realized that uh, I'm never going to get married because I can't afford that. Can't afford to move out or buy a house, sorry. Can't afford a wedding. It's going to be single forever. No, that's we're, we're the later end of the millennial generation. We're never going to get the big wedding or the house or anything. We're just going to get to watch those on TV and be like, that would have been cool. Anyway, <laughs> to the courthouse with us. Like, I am, I've been, I've been rewatching Ugly Betty this week, which is where I put this question in. I, because uh, it's on Disney Plus, I was like, oh, God. It was a throwback and a half. And I realized it came out in 2006. This is when I was 13. And I remember I had braces at the time. And I remember like looking at Ugly Betty, not at the time, but looking back at, looking, watching her now. I was like, that literally was me. Like I know she's Latina and I'm Indian. That's the, the only difference between there. But I mean, we both come from colorful backgrounds and families. And I was just like, oh. Who knows, maybe one day I'll get a job in a fashion magazine. Fingers crossed. The headlines. In this segment, we run through headlines that have caught our eyes and that you guys may have missed. To kick things off, our resident and my favorite, Brit, Amy. Hemp is now being used to build houses. An environmental researcher has found that a substance called hempcrete, which is hemp and essentially concrete, can be used to keep houses warm. The mixture is much better for the environment than concrete is. Um, in fact, actually, I think my neighbors down at 420 already have it in their walls. A new study has shown that eating an avocado a day may keep your gut healthy. Researchers at the University of Illinois found that those who ate an avocado a day had more gut microbes than those who didn't, helping them to break down fiber. I think this should be the new slogan for avocados. Avocados, the fastest way to get your money down the toilet. This one's really, really creepy and really freaks me out, by the way. It's not just humans who have just le- who have learned to use Zoom over this pandemic. Chimpanzees from two Czech zoos have also been Zooming their cousins. Zookeepers noted that the chimps have followed human behaviors while watching each other in the video, such as shoveling peanuts in their mouths. I have to say, like I said, I don't know how I feel about this. I've always been worried about a planet of the apes. And now we are literally teaching them how to use our technology. What could go wrong? Okay, so you're going to see like later on in the podcast why I made that face. I'm really excited. My Your headlines tied into my breakdown. Anyway, we're like so on a wavelength. Um, a Georgia man received his final paycheck of $915 in oil-covered pennies. You got more than one? said Amazon employee. Topical. Uh, Cinnamon Toast Crunch is investigating a claim that somebody found shrimp tails in their cereal. I don't know about you, but something smells fishy to me. I'm not proud of that. (laughs) 
I'm really not proud of that. Speaking oh, no. of fishy, this, the state of Maine may soon allow Viking-style funeral pyres. Big whoop, we burn them alive, says Salem, Massachusetts. That's a joke from way too long ago to be relevant. Um, a Cheeto that resembles Arnold, Schwar- Arnold Schwarzenegger is <laughs> on sale for $10,000. That's not impressive. Call me when you find a strong man shaped like a Cheeto. Uh, Two brothers in India died after consuming three liters of sanitizer as they ran out of alcohol. Idiots. You're supposed to stop it too. A Michigan man awoke to an intruder holding a gun to his head demanding his cats. I woke up with a cat to my head demanding a gun. I actually woke up with Muji headbutting me right in the face this morning to feed him. So I, I feel right? you. It's basically, they basically have a gun to your head. A hundred percent. My headlines aren't that funny this week, but they are informative. Deliveroo is set to enter the market, but some UK managers are shunning the IPO over concerns of how the food delivery service treats its workers. Investors say they're worried about the company's reliance on casual employment status that denies these workers rights to sick pay, minimum wage, and holidays. Don't worry, this isn't an altruistic response. Rather, these fund managers want to avoid taking on Deliveroo as a client in the event that the company faces costly legal battles in the future regarding their employment model. Burberry is the first luxury brand to suffer a backlash over accusations of poor labor conditions in Western China. It's been a year since the public outcry of the treatment of Uyghurs by Chinese officials. However, this has fallen on deaf ears until recently where major Chinese celebrities are actually withdrawing their endorsement of the designer brand and a few other major fashion brands are also falling into this scandal. And in more local news, I guess this one's a bit funny. The Home Office is struggling to explain a series of strange expenses filed by the department in 2020. This includes 77,000 pounds at a company called Beautiful Brows, 2,000 pounds at an Albanian electronics store, and then 5,000 pounds at Primark. And now I'm wondering what kind of party they were throwing. The Breakdown. Welcome to The Breakdown, where we dive a little deeper into stories or topics that have piqued our interest. We like to find stories that aren't hitting the front pages. So last week, we talked about a certain actor's potential run for Texas governor, which I am backing, the first black woman official in the NFL, and why the phrase, not all men can be harmful. So Amy, what do you have for us this week? So this week, I thought I would take on a really, really soft news story. Um, It still breaks down stereotypes. Clowns. Now, I don't know about you guys, but I've always found clowns really freaky. And no wonder from movies such as It to that time when people dressed up as clowns to scare and intimidate people, popular culture and just general psychopaths really have always used clowns to scare people. Well, I found a charity called Clowns Without Borders UK, and it actually exists, and it takes back all those negative clown stereotypes. They work with children around the world in conflict zones, giving them some much needed respite and a chance to really feel like children again. Last year, Clowns Without Borders won the Kindness Awards, an award by Positive News Network and the makeup brand, I guess the beauty brand, sorry, Simple. They won £7,000, and with this money, they've 
come up with creative ways to continue their amazing work during this pandemic. One way they have done this is by training women in Mozambique on how to talk about menstruation. They hold video sessions and use humor to address a taboo topic, menstruation, which encourages women to talk about their periods. The next time you want to watch it, I need to be reminded that clowns aren't creepy sewer people. Google Clowns Without Borders because they do some really amazing work. Uh, I'm going to make a confession here. So when I graduated from my bachelor's, I uh, took one class and thought about genuinely studying to be a clown doctor. Amazing. Because I was like, I'm never going to be a doctor. I faint at the sight of blood. It makes me gag. Like I can't even talk to doctors about things happening to my body without wanting to vomit. (laughs) But then uh, we met some clown doctors who came in to talk about like what their job is and what they do. And I was like, Oh, I could totally do that. Just go in and just like entertain children at the hospital. Is that what they do? So they, so they, yes, that's their actual job. Oh, they just entertain the children and like, like they'll just like be at the hospital. So when a child's in pain or undergoing a procedure or something that they have to be awake for and they want somebody to calm them down, they like send you in. Oh, I love that. Isn't that amazing? I would want that, honestly. So I really wanted to do that. Um, and then, oh, and then I got accepted at this school here and then I flew here and that like killed that dream. But I mean, it's never yeah. too late to go back. Never too. Oh, yeah. Maybe that's still a thing. I I actually kind of did do that because my job, like doing kids parties, um, I have done a couple at the hospital. So, kind of ended up like doing like a side job, kind of doing that. Um, still, still could be a thing I go back to. Yeah. You know, journalism degree, clown doctoring, same shit. It really, it really um, is about entertaining the masses, <laughs> giving right? the people what they want. I actually don't find clowns scary. And I remember when I was younger, like a lot of my classmates used to find clowns scary. And then I tried to force myself to find clowns scary because I was like, oh, well, everyone else finds them scary. So I guess I can't have an opinion of my own. And like, I tried to force myself to find them scary, but I couldn't. I just used to lie to my friends and be like, yeah, I find them super scary too, just to fit in. I don't know why the hell I was lying. Um, So yeah, I don't find them scary unless like it looks like it. But just the general idea of a clown just has never freaked me out. Yeah, actual, like, happy clowns. Actually, I was going to say Ronald McDonald, but he is a little freaky. But, like, circus clowns are not as horrifying Mm. as, you know. But but using, like, the the clown thing for scary stuff, like American Horror Story clowns and that. Yeah. The worst. The absolute Um, worst. Can we just go back to Love Mystery for a second? I love how, like, most people are... My my friends pressured me into drugs and I did it. And my friends pressured me to drink alcohol and I did it. <laughs> I was pressured, peer pressured. In- I was peer pressured into being scared of class. <laughs> wow. I love it. Thank you. It sounds oh, like a Daily God. Mail article. Like it's like one of those, and it's just me sitting on the doorsteps looking like forlorn and scared. With, with like a balloon? Yeah. <laughs> I was pressured into fearing clowns. <laughs> oh, God. Mm. I would write that. Please do. Uh, So a hand-painted self-portrait by um, world-famous humanoid robot Sophia was sold at an auction for over 
It said over, this is a pretty specific amount, for over $688,000. So for those of you that don't know, Sophia the Robot is my worst nightmare and my biggest fear. So some people are afraid of clowns. I'm afraid of humanoid robots. Um, So she was developed by Hong Kong-based firm Hanson Robotics and is able to converse, has realistic movements and complex facial expressions. Uh, since her activation in 2016, sorry. Oh, uh-oh, that's when the end of the world started. So there you go. She's appeared on talk shows and spoken at conferences and she was even granted Saudi Arabian citizenship, making her the first robot to have a nationality. So according to this highly intelligent robot with a citizenship, the painting was her interpretation of herself. So it's like an, like an impressionist kind of painting. Um, and the painting, the actual painting that she was doing was based completely on decisions that she was making without any human assistance at all. Okay. This is according to Nifty Gateway. I don't know what that is, but it kind of takes the scary out of it saying that. Um, So we're all fucked, uh, by which I mean, art was kind of the only thing that we like as like a species had. Um, And honestly, the thing is, guys, you need to go look at it. It's beautiful. Like it's, it's really good. It's good. Um, And there's now zero reasons for humans to exist and the world's going to be taken over by robots. And honestly, at this point we deserve it. I think Um, when I first got, you know, my second arts degree before I getting my third arts degree, my favorite comeback when people were like, what the are you ever going to do with that? Arts degrees are pointless. And I'd be like, Oh yeah, well, Um, at least I didn't study something that robots would take over in 20 years, but I was dead wrong because they took over it in less time than that. Uh, so jokes on me and, uh, but probably not jokes on me because they'll write better jokes than I can too. I did Google it is, is it like the one with the blue, it's like a a blue background and then her face. The like Andy Warhol looking thing. Yeah. It is, it is really good. And she painted that. Yes, she painted it, like making her own decisions. Yeah. I think the other thing as well is that when you said she um, she did it based on her interpretation of herself. It's like she not yeah. only is clever, but she understands what she is. Isn't that like the first thing that happens with robots when they take over? Like they understand that they are robots. And- she also made a joke about robots taking over the future she was self-aware enough to make that joke so yeah this is the thing they were like um i watched an interview with her maker once and they were like aren't you afraid that like when there's fully independent artificial intelligence aren't you afraid that they could because they lack empathy. The only thing they lack, they have the same intelligence and everything as us. The only thing they lack is empathy. So aren't you afraid that they're just murder people when it's convenient? Mm. And the guy's like, "Um, I don't think so. 
And I was like, if you didn't think that through, you shouldn't have made a fucking robot that can talk and think. The robot can think. That's not Wild. good. It, yeah, I, I don't like. Have you? Have we not learned it from learns. Resident Evil? The whole entire Terminator series. Are we just? There's so many things. It, uh, are we yeah. forgetting about all of what happens when we kind of fuck around with AI and this is what happens? This is wild. Did, did everyone did, did everyone just ignore the Matrix? Did everyone just mm-hmm. ignore like every episode of Black Mirror ever? Like we're just watching these things. I mean, like, that's a good idea. Let's try that. Yeah. No. <laughs> Do it. Yeah, this is wild. also it's an NFT as well, which is like taking over the whole investor world. Okay. Um, she okay she's so scary to listen to i think we should put like a little maybe i'll put a little clip of her talking yeah. at the end of it because it's horrifying it gives me the, the heebie-jeebies as my grandma would say Yeah, but also i, I just want to point out that she made herself colored here like a brown person like a like a mm-hmm. brown skin tone but well yeah but real... she's saudi arabian <laughs> yeah but her real skin color is white they... oh it is yeah she yeah you're right so what's they... this is right. she blackfishing? There's, there's different colorings to her as well. Is she blackfishing? <laughs> is she aware enough to know what that is? Maybe. Um, but yeah, I mean, maybe it's different colors. So she's trying to take like a little piece of every skin, every ethnic group around the world and just putting it on oh, her face. Oh, that's quite clever. Uh, yeah, yeah, or she it's like a representation of her carving pieces of skin from each ethnic group and putting it on oh, her face. That's really dark. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. She's like, I'm gonna be one of everyone. I'm gonna be part of every race. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh my god, she's gonna be like the Zodiac killer oh. with like different countries. She's like, I'm gonna take one from every country yeah. and layer it on my skin. Hey, but then as journalists we'll have a job to figure it out. Yeah. Oh hang on, look at her eyes as well. But also why is that why is that ear pink? Like her ear is um that part maybe showing the robotics. Oh. oh, I was thinking LGBTQ. That kind of I got like rainbow flag. Oh, I like that. Mm-hmm. But that humanizes her, and I don't like that. So let's go with your. Look at her thing. eyes have like all the different colors that eyes can be really. In yeah. yeah. As well, her eyebrows are on point though. Do you think she Never went blue. to the same place the Home Office went to for <laughs> her eyebrows? Do you think she spent seventy seven k on those? I've- that's where the Home Office was spending their money. They were sending it on Sophia. Mm. That's why they can't explain it. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, developing. But, like, I mean, I know she's, like, one robot. But the second that she has full, like, autonomy, she'll just build an army for sure, right? That's It's how happen. all the movies end up being. It's so, be yeah, of mother, course. The mother of all robots. Shifting away from robots and clowns, uh, I'm going to just bring us back onto planet Earth and talk about one of my favorite stereotypes, that Canadians are nice. I mean, it's, it's our national identity. It's practically branded on newborn babies that slither right out of the womb. And maybe not slither, that sounds like really weird, but in a nutshell, Canadians are nice people. And I pride myself on that stereotype. Until I read this op-ed, that talks about the policy of niceness and how it's essentially more harmful than good. And in this article that I read, the journalist, Tanil, and I apologize, I, I'm ruining her name, 
Bonoguere basically says that nice doesn't want to upset or offend. It tries to keep everyone happy. It's polite, sweet, generous. It avoids causing offense. It's quite lovely because it tries hard to be, but it's all a veneer. And that's because in political policy, nice is always stuck in the middle where it muddles everything up, trying to appease both sides. And in the end, it just does nothing. Nice does nothing. And because niceness is also based on receiving validation from other people. So it's not even altruistic. It's just you be nice so that other people can praise you for being nice. And as Canadians, especially in the past year with how we've dealt with COVID and our foreign policy, we're always putting this, um, you know, this persona of being nice, but we're actually not doing anything. On the other hand, being kind is a totally different ballgame. And kindness is actually what I resonate more with because being kind, as the author says, strives for decency and fairness. And it often knows that when you have to please one side, you're often displeasing another. But perhaps the most poignant explanation of kindness, which she talks about in her article, is that kindness requires context, nuance, and humility. And it's also, it evolves along with society. And it's in constant engagement with the present in order to make a better future. And I think that's something that everyone needs to strive for. Before I was really blinded, I was blinded by this whole nice, this, this idea of nice. Um, and then when you think of this whole thing about the whole nice guy, I realized that, yeah, niceness is a veneer. It's based on the validation of other people. Being kind requires a lot of effort and it requires you to be very mindful. And sometimes to be kind means that you have to make tough decisions, right? Because you take everything into context. So ultimately, I feel like, you know, our our, our national, our political, our social identity as being nice guys, it's time to go because from what I've seen these past 12 months, uh, that, that identity is crumbling, that veneer is crumbling and Canadians aren't nice. There's bad Canadians and there's kind Canadians and there's apathetic Canadians that we need to stop saying we're nice because nice actually doesn't do anything at all. And that's my revelation for the week. 100%. Every time I meet someone over here and say I'm Canadian, they're like, oh, good Canadians are so nice. Canadians are so nice. And I'm like, that's not the compliment that you think it is. Um, first of all, it implies that like I have to be this like, like perfect person or something, or I'm not that I don't get to claim that national identity, which is weird. Um, but second of all, yeah, like, like you said, nice does nothing. And I've like, I'm not quiet about being a huge critic of Justin Trudeau. He has a veneer of being, like, he he presents himself as being, like, a nice guy. But in actuality, behind closed doors, he's not. But also, um, he, he doesn't do anything. He didn't stand up to Trump for four years at all, ever. Um, and, you know, he doesn't, he doesn't advocate for different countries that aren't able to and trade deals he's not he doesn't advocate for canada and trade deals you yeah know? that's the and, biggest one he doesn't really advocate for canadians the person we we elected doesn't do anything for his country yeah and you have to be able to make decisions as a politician and yes sometimes those decisions are going to piss people off. That that doesn't mean you're not a good person. It means that you're weighing up each end of the de like decision and 
you're not only asking yourself who benefits, but you're asking who is implicated by this, like who is going to be impacted by this decision? Who is this decision going to hurt? And if the decision is going to actively hurt someone, it's probably not the right decision. If it's just going to kind of annoy people, eh, if it's for the greater, like you kind of got to weigh up decisions like that. You kind of need to be impartial. And this isn't a new idea, but it's kind of controversial to say. Most polit- most really good politicians are a little sociopathic. I agree with I that 100%. Because they have to be able to step, they have to be able to step away from it. They have to be able to like, look objectively at like, who benefits, who does not benefit. What will happen if this thing happens? What will happen if this thing happens? Okay, weighing the two things, I'm going to go with the thing that benefits more people and doesn't hurt as many people and like things like um especially war decisions there's no good decision in war there's there just isn't there are not there are no good decisions somebody's always going to get hurt and you kind of have to be a sociopath to make those decisions i'm not saying a psychopath i'm not saying a murderer i'm not saying that i'm just saying you have to be a little sociopathic you have to be a little bit like shut off from the empathy of the thing and um yeah, you can't really can't really be a nice guy and be in politics. I can't really co- I feel like I never comment on the Canadian stuff just because I don't I No, go for it. They need it. No, well I mean, <laughs> Hit us. also I don't feel like I'm informed enough to comment on it too. Um, no just point. taking the idea of like nice niceness, I um agree with you. Like I always think that nice is so vanilla, just like in everyday terms, it's like nice is nice is nothing. Like like, I hate the term, like, nice guys finish last. Like, yeah, it's probably because you don't bring anything to the table. No. You're boring, man. Yeah. You, want? you know? And not just boring. It's like, I, I'd, I'd rather have somebody who would stand up for me. And I don't think nice people do. Because, like you said, Lovna, in the definition, like, they, they try and appease everyone. Um, I think everybody has a bit of niceness in them. And I think that's just social etiquette and, like, a bit of social conditioning. But when it comes down to, like, the nitty-gritty and, like, the the bones, are you mm. a nice person or are you, like, a kind person? And I realized, like, this past, like, year or so, I've just come to realize that, like, kindness is a very important core value of mine because it's what I emanate. And I realize that some people think that I can come across as being, like, intimidating or bitchy or whatever. And then when they find out about me, it's like, oh, you're a really kind person. And it's like, yeah, but kindness I'm not get, I'm not dispensing it like fucking candy from a pedophile van. <laughs> like I, uh, I have to be quite <laughs> cognizant of of that kindness. That was specific. Is there something you want to talk about? <laughs> Excuse me. Is this off the record? I need a lawyer. <laughs> I want a lawyer right now. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I think kindness <laughs> is just really important. But it's also like it's not common. Nice, nice being nice no. is common, but kindness mm-hmm. isn't. You're right. Yeah. All right, I'm going to move on. Off the record. As always, we like to end the show with a little detox and talk about things that are happening in our lives, which we hope will relate to our lovely listeners. All 12 of you guys. Shout out to all 12 of you listeners. Um, Stretching yourself a little too thin to microaggressions we encounter. And last time, we even found out that Amy is a Republican. And yet we'd love her, so she's still part of the podcast. 
So, Amy, our dear old Republican, what do you have for us this week? I would just like to clarify for those who are listening in America. I mean, I'm a UK Republican in that I don't believe in the royal family. I'm going to cut that explanation out. <laughs> I'm not going to be allowed anywhere. All of my all of my American friends are all Democrats as well. <laughs> Please, and they're going to be like, what? Um, Literally, we encourage people to listen to the last episode. See, I was it was marketing skills right there. Um, <laughs> she ranted about the Democrats for ages. Yeah, she was actually kind of like pro-Trump. It was really scary. So as you can tell, I've been trying to keep my stories a little light this week. I think last week we were understandably and rightably so. We were very heavy. So um. <clears throat> My other record bit is about holistic therapies. So um, I'm a little bit of a hippie, guys, a Republican hippie over here. I am a big believer in the power of things like yoga and essential oils and just like mindfulness and meditation. One second. Now I know all of these things seem a little bit hippie-like. Uh, and yes, they won't cure cancer. They won't stop a global pandemic. Uh, but I think people who dismiss these remedies and these lifestyle things are missing the point. They aren't about quick fixes. Like I said, this is part of a lifestyle to help you balance out physical and mental health and well-being. And maybe this is my rant. So we just need to stop rushing around and looking for quick fixes. For me, I know I can say this as a 28-year-old, but for me, I feel like life is a marathon. The, the first person to live to 120 has already been born. So I'm pretty sure that the eight, we're just going to be getting older and older you know, as, as life goes on. So life really is a marathon. And I think it's time we understood that taking care of yourself and even, you know, reaching goals and things like that is something that we should strive to do every day. And this is why I think holistic therapies should be destigmatized even more than they have. And um, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I am from a group of friends that like growing up, my like closest friends from elementary school that I'm still friends with shout out because you're probably some of the 12 listeners um <laughs> one of them is an herbalist and another one is um an acupuncturist amazing and this is like this is a small group of people but um and uh, one of them you know is quite into holistic um the holistic world and works she makes environmentally friendly products and stuff such and that's kind of like what I guess I was influenced by in friend groups most of my life and um yeah like the herbalist absolutely she takes her kid to the doctor and he gets vaccinated and stuff like that like it's not like she doesn't do that um and takes herself to the hospital, <laughs> you know, like she's, she believes in medicine, like, like our medicine in Canada, whatever. Um, but that doesn't mean that like that herbal medicine isn't useful. It's a balance. Because our bodies become addicted to antibiotics mm -hmm. and then they become irrelevant and like when it comes down to it every medicine stems from a plant at some point yeah so why wouldn't we go straight to the source if you can do it safely I 
don't think people should be making their own at home. Like you should probably be going to an herbalist to get the right quantities and stuff because it is, you, you can still like OD on plants. Yeah. Um, but you can make like but, simple home remedies. Like I've got a yeah. that I do for like topical stuff, like spot creaming and like everyday stuff, colds yes. and flus. and Like witch hazel. Guys, I'm all about witch hazel. Yeah, Cures everything. Yeah. I... You can get it in pill form to cure headaches and it does it actually work? Yeah, oh, it I, I does. And it cures your skin. Headaches really badly, so I might look into mm, that. Which I mean, I think it's amazing that you brought this up um, and explains why and like we're all friends um, because <sighs> I have, as I've been getting older, I feel like I've been getting more into this. I've always been like my mom has been a very big proponent of being all natural from a very young age. I remember when we were sick with sore throats and things like that, she used to give us turmeric and honey as a way to soothe our, our throats. And now all of a sudden you're paying seven pounds for a turmeric latte. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Yes. Does that actually work? Homeopathic sleep meds. Uh, um, just as an yeah. aside, does it? Like cut I'd this out so. because I'm literally looking for a way, like some like alternatives. Like I've been looking at Ayurvedic methods for sleep, but I don't want to like self-dose myself. I want to actually go to an actual practitioner. So I haven't taken anything as yet. Well, this but- is, yeah. This is like proper like homeopathic really? stuff. Oh, send me a picture of that. Um, I'm like, so I might do it. But coming back to it, yeah. Uh, so my friend, he got me into uh, functional medicine. So I think that this is like a great blend between looking at holistic therapies, natural medicines, looking at herbs and um, essential oils. So not, I'm not talking about like lavender, but I'm thinking like oil derivatives as well in a way of, of like addressing a lot of medical problems that we face that takes away from putting a burden um, on our medical system, which is also just built on this idea of diagnosing symptoms and not the yeah. issue, and then just medicating yourself to yes. manage symptoms, not get rid of the problem. Mm-hmm. And I've just been become so obsessed with it, and just it's kind of informing a lot of my practices. I think, and this is probably going to explain why a lot of the times I bring up topics of like sustainable living and kind of like sourcing local and things like that. It's just because I've this whole world of functional medicine and holistic therapies has just been reopened for me. And yeah, I, I do think, I mean, it's really poignant that you point out that, you know, life is a marathon. Um, but I think it's like, I think it's one about pacing yourself, like you mm-hmm. said. And I, I, I firmly believe in just kind of like focusing on protecting your body now and not rushing through it so that it takes care of you when you're older. Cause I've seen too many instances of, of older people who had the opportunity to take care of their health when they were young and just kind of didn't, didn't have the opportunity or just rushed through it and they're kind of paying for that now and I don't want to be in that position yeah that's what I think every time I do yoga like I or like I do a workout I always try and balance it out with yoga or whenever I try and get my essential oils going it's it's it is sort of long-term thinking I'm thinking about like, okay when I'm 80 I don't want I don't want to feel like I'm 80 years old um also on a side note I there was a reason why like, this is when I was a kid I used to love making potions and I used to love the idea of the witch this is my this is my burner oh, so cute oh, oh my god I got it for my birthday I, I love, love that yeah oh, that's, that's so amazing nice. yeah I've also actually been making like room sprays and things like that so I made myself like a lemongrass room spray and a lavender room spray I can make you guys some. I'm. I really. Guys, I have a peppermint it. oil spray to get rid of spiders. That's such a nice way. Although, because it won't kill them, but they don't like it. Oh, that's yeah. awesome. Yeah, guys, this, just, this is literally why we're friends. Honestly, it's just because yeah. we have such similar interests. We, we're all connected 
but the power of essential Such oils. Freaks. <laughs> yeah. Witches. We can make our own cover together. <gasps> oh, I love that. So my rant this week is super short because I am at the end of my rope this week. Um, I've been trying to learn how to animate over YouTube. And honestly, guys, it's not my learning style. Like, um, So personally, I am just far too dumb for this. And no matter what I do, like they, they do one thing and then I try to do the same thing. And then it just doesn't work when I do it literally doesn't work like I follow every single step and then nope so why why does that happen to me is this just me or like or what is this I'm watching them do it with my own eyes and then I can see them do it and then when they do it it works and then when my hands do it it doesn't happen like so I know it works because I watch them do it and then when I do it it doesn't can someone explain this to me please I don't get it I think animation is very hard and I feel mm-hmm. like you, have to, your brain has to be wired in a certain way to do animation as well. And I wish that I could help you, but my brain is not wired in that way either. Um, I mean, really not. when I taught myself how to do like just basic color grading the other day, it, I sent you guys, it was just like a two and a half minute video, but it took me four and a half hours to do because I just was just watching all of these videos and then trying to practice it. And I was like painstakingly kind of like putting pieces together. But I just, I actually was watching another girl do this video and she talked about how long she was like really candid about how she edits her YouTube videos. And then someone asked, well, how long does it take on average for you to edit a video? And she's like on average to edit, like, again, a 10 minute video with all the bells and whistles takes her about like five to six hours and she's like, this particular video that she created <laughs> that, you know, she was like 20 minutes, it took her 18 hours. Whoa. So I think that we live like in this kind of time. And especially I'm going to also blame particular lecturers that we have who put pressure on us to like turn out these videos that are like a very high standard quality when we're novices un- in less than four hours and then gets upset at us when it takes forever. And I just want to remind you you know Emily that you're not dumb you have a specific learning style and YouTube doesn't address that and it it shouldn't make you feel bad at you and we we should have access to other ways of being taught this so I am putting out a call as well someone please come and teach Emily animation maybe your mentor knows how to do animation oh my god wouldn't that be amazing (laughs) that would be great guys I will marry the first person that comes to me with advice (laughs) And if you're not looking for a wife, then I will, you know, find you. I'll bake you a cake. I don't know. Or you're just Please stuck just with teach her. Me animate. Yeah. Or I'll just marry you anyway. And then you have to teach me animation. Or you'll be, you'll be that stalker for the rest of their lives. I'm just, I'm just going to stalk you until you do it. But on that side note, like, I, whenever I've, so I've been learning sort of really, really basic animation stuff to do in After Effects as well. It makes me look at really bad movies in a different way because I think some movies like yeah. are terrible from the script. And I'm just like, Hollywood, how much money do you have to waste and put people like all these people put all this effort into a movie and then just like tanks at the box office? Like, fair enough if you like thought no, it was a good but there are like genuine movies out there. You're like thinking, how did that get made? Like, why why did you waste this many people's time on this movie? Yeah, 
I actually think that editors, that you say that, Emmy, um, I think that editors deserve more credit than like directors yes. and actors and things oh, like yeah. that because Absolutely. at the end of the day without the editor none of that would make the screen you know yeah, your movie looks like shit seriously i mean i know there's like oscars for editors and stuff is there but... really yeah oh wait best see i'm ignorant i did not know that is. yeah there's there's like best editor best sound mixer like best all of that kind of stuff yeah yeah absolutely. damn no movie magic it's just the, behind the scenes nobody watches those ones those are like the early oscars you know oh they this well, is, i'm not gonna watch them either but see this is really off topic and but i think there should also be a, a category for stunt people too like a lot Agreed. of the, oh absolutely like the actors don't do that it's all the stunt people and they do not get credit for the choreography they, they don't get do. paid enough either yeah they don't get paid. Also, a lot of them die. Yeah. yeah. Dangerous work. Yeah, it's wild. They're the um, real They really are. They're, they're real life heroes doing, doing the, the stunts and shit. Amen. Yeah. I don't have I a cool say- segue. I'm privileged. I acknowledge my privilege uh, in so many ways, but especially as a woman of color who's also Muslim, I have genuinely gotten away relatively unscathed when it comes to pl- unpleasant and racist encounters until recently yesterday i had w- not one not two but three encounters with some very angry racist prejudiced people in the span of three hours and i'm not gonna lie you guys the entire interaction really shook me up like quite deeply um and because you know what on the surface on the surface okay I don't have a dangerous encounter with these people it wasn't like my life was in danger I wasn't physically accosted or anything it was only a verbal exchange and it was a mild one at that um and it's it's kind of even funnier too because the first guy who abused us literally had his sentence prepped and ready to go before the end of his honk even finished he was just yelling his insult with such ease like he practiced it in the mirror every day it was so effortless and like in hindsight it's kind of funny when I think about it like both my friend and I were laughing but all jokes aside when I think about the experience that I had yesterday it really gave me pause for thought because first of all it's made me empathize even more, like a hundred times or a thousand times more with um, black people and visibly Muslim people and LGBTQ communities and any other individual who's had to deal with these sorts of interactions on a daily basis. Because like I said, I've come away relatively unscathed and I've never underestimated, I'm sorry, I've never um, doubted people's people's experiences before and I've always been on their side. But actually kind of experiencing it in a bit more of a profound way yesterday just just made me realize like I cannot imagine how it would be to face that kind of daily interaction and that kind of prejudice every single day um I mean I was shook after one experience I I can't imagine having that happen to you every day and also knowing that my life would be in imminent danger from either fellow citizens or the people who are employed to protect and serve me. And it's really surreal and scary. And it just made me realize, or it made, it made me realize like, you know what, this is unacceptable. I mean, I always thought it was unacceptable, but it, when you experience something, it kind of changes that perspective mm-hmm. even more. And it made me just super livid. 
Um, my friend calmed me down though, and he kind of he explained it really well because he said at the end of the day, the best way to defeat these types of people is just to constantly elevate yourself, be better than them professionally, personally, anyway, and to use the law against them. And I think that's really sound advice because I wanted to throw hands, I'm not gonna lie, and. I was punching air. I, I was like those memes where you are like standing in the shower thinking of like a better comeback after the argument already happened. And even today, like I was still thinking about it, but I just realized like, you know what? You have to be better than these people. They hate to see you succeed. And the best way to get them angry is to just be more successful. Yeah. I mean, obviously okay. we've talked about this already, but it's so horrific that that still happens and I'm so sorry that you had to go through that and it just baffles me to no end that people go out of their way to do that yeah that's exactly what I was thinking yesterday like that's that's what I couldn't understand how can you go out of your way to to say certain things and just yeah just put that effort in to hurt somebody based on a series of like very inconsequential elements. Um, and I think that's why it just like pissed me off so much because like, I, I couldn't do that. So I don't know why someone else could. Mm. I also, I just also think that like, just in general, like people should just stay out of people's lives. Like you mentioned the LGBTQ <laughs> community and I'm just like, Dude, what is your problem? What is wrong with, like, gay marriage? Like, what is wrong with somebody wanting to change their Literally, gender? how does it affect you? It doesn't exactly. shut up. <laughs> it doesn't do anything. They're not even, it's not even like, they'll say, oh, it's, it's, not, it's against the, the sanctity of marriage. But I'm just like. Okay. Yeah, just when people say that, I'm like, yo, like, Ted Bundy was married. Yeah. Carla Homoka and Paul Bernardo were married. Um, and you know, also, like if serial killers can get married and y'all are fine with that. Exactly. And also marriage. Like that was, ruins the sanctity of marriage. Yeah, but marriage was only around to pass property from one male to the other through a female person. So there was no sanctity anyway. It was never, it's Hollywood that's made us think that it's about love, but mm -hmm. it's never, marriage in itself was a transaction between two land owning yeah. men through women. So there is no sanctity of marriage. So uh, that's my rant with the marriage. No, there, there you go, but folks. Amy, <laughs> Amy, we we are property. We are. Oh, yeah. We need to accept that we are property. We we are women. Yeah. We get sold from one man to another man, and that is how we live our lives. And weren't we vessels? Aren't we some? Who's that lawmaker <laughs> who called us <laughs> vessels? Vessels. <laughs> vessels, yeah. vessels for We're vessels. We're vessels for the babe for the spawn. Yeah, for the spawn. So um yeah you guys you know what i hate those people but just get your funds up and screw them screw the haters that's all i have to say and Good yeah one. we're not vessels and i mean thank vessels. you for ruining marriage for me as the best woman on earth once once said when they go low we go high Well, you can't see us nodding on the podcast. What was that weird silence? We were nodding. <laughs> we, were, we were nodding with enthusiasm, but then forgot we were on a podcast. That's, no, what, hey, that's hey, what just happened. If you edit this to make me sound like a Republican, then you, you can... Uh... I'm going to edit it just from the beginning with you saying that you're a Republican to you saying that, and then we're going to stop. <laughs> You guys, that concludes another thrilling, 
hilarious, titillating, I love that word, discussion. Five episodes in the bag for our 12 listeners. I hope that next week or whenever we get 13. And as always, we would love to hear what you guys think. So please leave us some comments. Slide into my DMs. They're open. Um, Let us know what you think. And while you're there, why not also hit that important subscribe button and be notified of every time we release an episode. We'll be back, as always, in about a fortnight with fresh headlines, breakdowns, and more off-the-record chats.